hope my levels are high enough. I think they are. God help us if they're not. Yeah. <laughs> we are back again. Welcome to Super Duperstitious. <laughs> the paranormal podcast. That we are back science. to. Science weird. spooky, weird, good. You know, all, all the, the good things. things. That we are, yes. Everything you tune in to, listen to. And we've been out of practice because we recorded a shitload of stuff. Yes. And then... We didn't for a while. Yeah, I'm Jake. <laughs> and I'm Wyatt. <laughs> and yeah, Halloween and, uh, happened. So Halloween yeah. happened and I moved. And those two things had the result of... Uh, Being a really bit of a wrench. Putting us, yeah, putting us off schedule for a while. We had to pre-record everything um, for the month of October in advance of when it was going to come out. And uh, this is the first time we're finally back to just recording it and then releasing it two days later, which is nice. <laughs> oh, yes. It feels so good. It um, feels so somehow relaxing to just be like, oh, we're just going to do this, and then it's going to come out, and then that's it. Exactly. As opposed yeah. to having a whole like production schedule, which we're, we still Le- have. but Yes, but uh, not quite as logistically um, demanding, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Which was um, something else. <laughs> yes, indeed. Something I did not have to suffer too hard, but Jake uh, <laughs> always do twice the amount of thanks for his efforts, because he is production team and co-host <laughs> well thank you very much but yeah welcome back to anyone who's revisiting welcome to new listeners as well everyone except jordan who was fired from listening she knows why and uh yeah safe travels with your your journey around the u.s feel free to turn tune in next week we'll let you know when you can listen again but you should turn this one off now yes i do not know the context <laughs> i'm happy to hear it <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah today after much popular demand, which is to say the demand of one person at least. And then another person similar later on. Um, so like, make oh, me yeah, they also reached out. But yeah. We are we are back with some more dog shit. Dog shit part two. There's, there's a ton of uh, spooky dog stories out there in the world. Either dog mans, ghost dogs, dog demon. Pretty much put dog in front of whatever you want. There's some story about it and dog uh hell. yeah i guess that's dog how, hell. hellhounds is dog hell <laughs> pretty much <laughs> <laughs> so we're all doing ba- that all bad dogs go to hellhound um <laughs> and uh yeah we're doing more of that we did one episode on this stuff uh in the past <laughs> and that we'll was over do the summer the when you first got kuma we did that Yes, thank you, thank you. And yeah, that was when like we, a thousand years ago already. And that was when we got this request. We're like, sorry, we have everything planned out through Octo- the end of October because of necessity. So we'll get to it as soon as we can. So which deal is deal with it. At turn, as it turns out, the very next episode after Halloween. Yes, our our desperation for fan input evaporates as we get to October to the <laughs> point where we're saying, "Fuck off! Stop listening! Get away from us! We don't like you." <laughs> And now it's November, and we're saying, oh, God, I'm so sorry. What was I on? I Come back. We love you. Uh, we love you. Tell us what to say. I'll dance. I'll dance. Um, so let the dance begin. Jake, Jake, do you want to kick us off today, or should I? I think I do. I was trying to think back to what the hell our last normal episode was and who did what first, but mm-hmm. if we go based on the premise that you do odd episodes and I do even episodes, I think I am first. Okay. So I'll start with a short story from the Cryptids subreddit by SkinRunner04, who says, I live, in, I live in northeast Ohio, and my house is directly in front of about two to 300 acres of woods. I used to explore it all the time. I'm not sure if it's, it's written as two 
to 300 so somewhere between two and 300 I was, acres i wanted to say that was a really humongous margin of error <laughs> yes. but uh you know i didn't want to interrupt but carry on i'm glad you also feel that's an <laughs> uncomfortably gigantic amount of difference <laughs> i had a strange encounter about two years ago when i was uh, making a trip through a part of the woods i've been in at least a hundred times i've always had a thing for the outdoors so i was pretty uh, pretty familiar with that part of it between Doesn't one and one to two hundred times, times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was me and my cousin, who was only a year younger than I am. And we both just had knives and a little um, knives and little bullshit we like to mess with in the woods. Ooh. In this case, they were playing with small piles of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was the middle of the day, and we heard coyote yipping only about twenty to thirty yards out. So it made me and him climb a tree to avoid them because the coyotes around here are mean, and we weren't properly armed. Um, we climbed the tree and watched the pack run, uh, run past, not too far away. They seemed panicked, like they were running from something. So I watched closely as my cousin covered his eyes because he was scared. Little bitch. Specify how old they were when this happens. I'm not totally sure (laughs) for that context, but... They're like six and seven or something with (laughs) knives and other Uh, small bullshit. Yes. Uh, Then something large, cake, running behind the pack. (laughs) It looked looked like a large dog, but it was impossibly large, like the size of a small black bear large. So roughly mm. the size of a medium to large possible. breed dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was it's jet- very possibly large. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was jet black except for its eyes. They were a weird shade of green. But to be honest, I'm not 100 percent sure. I didn't get a great look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked my cousin about it later, but he didn't see any of it. It didn't seem super strange until I started reading into stuff like this. I was curious if it lines up with anything else, or if I just saw the world's biggest dog. <laughs> So there's a, huh. a kind of table setter. We'll get into some more. From yeah. Here. I'm glad that he had anxieties about getting just the right shade of green and he couldn't make up his mind about what shade it was. Like, yeah. who cares, man? <laughs> um, carry on. Here's one from uh, the subreddit. The Truth is Here by Dereal Suave. It's from about three months ago and is entitled Huge Roadside Wolf-Like Creature. Another Dereal Suave production. God damn. <laughs> um. So yeah, the title is Huge Roadside Wolf-Like Creature, and he says, Mm -hmm. just like the title says, I saw a sort of wolf-like creature on the side of the road. I live in a small border town in southwestern Arizona, and there's not a lot to do around here, so a good time killer, oh, a good time killer, a good time killer is cruising around. My Mm -hmm. girlfriend and I were out on a date three days ago, and by the end of it, we just cruised around talking and listening to music until about 1 a.m., we decide nice. to call it a night, and as I'm driving her back home, we both see this giant four-legged creature on the side of the road with its back to us. Its fur was rough-looking, and it had this whitish-grayish color to it. I immediately thought it was a messed-up giant mountain lion, since they're not uncommon around here. Hmm. Messed-up giant mountain lions, that is. <laughs> I slowed down a bit so we could take a better look, and that's when it turned around and faced us. And that's when I knew we were dealing with a whole different thing here. It had oh, the boy. most ferocious and terrifying face I've ever seen. It had a long snout, just like a, just like that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it had a long snout, just like a wolf. It had its <laughs> mouth open, and we could see some big and sharp-looking teeth. It was um, hunched over, making its back seem like a mountain, and its fur was standing up, just like a cat does when it's scared. It's a very deft turn of phrase there. Yeah. Um, with the lights of the car, it seemed uh, its eyes seemed to glow red as well. After seeing this, I stepped on the gas and got the hell out of there. Hmm. My girlfriend and I were in shock for a while until I asked her if she saw that thing or if it was just go- if I was just going crazy. 
She confirmed and gave the same exact description of the creature, <laughs> assuming including the making its back seem like a mountain. Look like a mountain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After a bit of digging around, I found out that the only type of wolf that has um, that was once found here is the Mexican gray wolf. We but, did get into a fight about which mountain specifically, but either way, we, yes. did, could, we could at least agree on the basics. Uh, Mexican wolf, go on. Uh, Mexican gray wolf, but they are critically endangered now, and they were extirpated from around here a long time ago. Mm. So good to know that the sources are still getting good use these days. Mm -hmm. uh, that type of wolf can only be found now in southeastern Arizona and southwestern New Mexico. The mm. sheer size and appearance of this thing rules out coyotes and dogs entirely. I'm amazed and a bit worried as to what uh, what we witnessed that night. What could this thing be? Huh. So before we answer that, uh, I have another story. Please. Here, here's a dumb one. Uh, so for context, this person explained that they're originally from Greece, um, hence they're being unsure about certain kind of customs and, and ways of going about things that will come up in this story. Uh, the story begins, I started riding my motorcycle to Ontario at around 10 p.m., a seven-hour trip from where I lived. Roughly halfway through the trip, I guess at around 1 a.m., the fuel tank was empty. Now, I need to note that I was sure I had a full tank before leaving, so this was very weird. Mm -hmm. I called 911 since I didn't know who to call at that point, and the dispatcher said that although I shouldn't call for this kind of issue, he'd send someone to help me. I apologized and thanked her. The place I stopped was a straight road with trees on each side, a forest. When the conversation mm. ended, I noticed something extremely weird. Silence. Extreme silence, as if everything around me had died. The crickets that were previously oh, getting on, yeah, the crickets that were previously getting on my nerves had stopped. The owls were nowhere to be heard. <laughs> Go on. You could just tell they're out of earshot. They were too far away. I also like his introduction of being in a forest, which is I was on a road with trees on both sides. A forest. <laughs> you know, one of those forest things. Yeah. Then I heard dog crying from inside the woods. Mm. It was extremely distinct since it was the only sound I could hear. Mm -hmm. Since I love dogs, I slowly and hesitantly started making my way inside the woods <laughs> to see if that dog was hurt. Is it a friend? <laughs> I was oh, I see. Probably like whimpering and sad noises. Yeah, so he said crying. So I don't know if just like kind of yelping or what, but yeah. um, I was approaching. I could hear the crying louder with each step. Then I stopped. Oh the crying was now taking place in front of me. But when, oh then no. it stopped. Instead of crying, the sound that I, heard, um, I could hear now was an aggressive growl behind me. I turned around and saw it. It was not a dog, not a wolf, not a bear. In fact, it wasn't anything at all. No, it wasn't. An yeah, right. <laughs> it wasn't an animal. It wasn't anything animal-like. It was my imagination. <laughs> it was a seven-foot something, uh, seven-something foot tall thing with a dog face and extremely sharp teeth. Yikes! I literally crapped my pants. Ew! I don't. People use the word literally a lot, but I feel like it means something in certain scenarios, and this is one where you don't want to say that if you don't really mean it, so I don't it's, it's know. It's quite, quite visceral. Yes. <laughs> my, survival, uh, my survival instinct kicked in, and I immediately started running back to my motorcycle. I was crying. I finally made my way back to the road and saw a fire truck and two firefighters. They asked me if I was okay, but I couldn't say a word. I was shivering. When I was finally <laughs> able to talk to them... Um, Able to talk, I told them everything. They said that this was a common thing there, and the rangers were looking for that thing for more than a decade. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, seven foot something oh, weird get monster over thing. it, man. This yeah. happens all the time. They checked my bike, and uh, when they looked at the tank, they saw claw marks all over it and spilled fuel. <laughs> they took me with them and helped me with my motorcycle. I am completely traumatized and still can't explain what I saw. That's the reason I share this story here, to see if anyone else has had any similar experiences. Wow. Well... Some sharp claws, I gotta say. 
stealth clawed. If he, if he lost gas before and then afterward found out that it had been clawed up. It sounds to you the way he describes it as though he walked maybe 12, 20 feet into the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, he takes several steps in. Those sounds getting louder and louder. And then all of a sudden, there's growling in front of him and then it's behind him or something. I believe the yelping was in front of him. And the yelping until, in front of him. Until suddenly it, it stopped. Stops. And then, and then growl started behind him. Right. Wow. I'm glad he survived uh-huh. to tell the tale. His underwear did not. No. Um, so now I have a slightly longer one. This one is, is entitled, I just saw a small humanoid running on the side of the road, exclamation point, <laughs> by the lone path. Perhaps it was more of a frightened inflection than <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> Guys, guess what I, I just saw? One. Yeah. <laughs> This just happened about an hour and a half ago on my way home from work. This is an hour and a half ago right now as you're listening to this. No, Ooh, uh, this, is, this, is, take. this is posted six months ago. So, uh, <laughs> an hour and a half plus however many hours. Months, Actually, yeah. should we do the math really quick? <laughs> One Unfortunately, I can't see. The, let me let's see if I can find the exact time this was posted. 2.36 um, p.m. Greenwich Mean Time on May 11th. Of this year? Of this year. Oh, yeah. It's almost exactly six months ago. And let's just give 31 days per month times 24 hours per day times six months plus 1.5. You're looking at just 4,465 and a half hours ago. Perfect. This is the content you guys come here for, right? Now we should add two days. We We should add two days based on the fact this won't come out until Thursday. Good call. But do it from midnight on Thursday. As you can assume everyone can just add on from midnight. Well, no. I'll add the 48. So now we've got 4,513 and a half hours ago. Excellent. Assuming you're listening to this say, when I did say 4,465 and a half hours, correct, previously? I don't fucking know. I closed the tab. Okay. <laughs> anyway, critical detail because uh-huh. <laughs> of dog stuff. Go on. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I live in Central Texas, San Antonio to be exact. This whole incident happened in the span of maybe 30 to 45 seconds, maybe a minute, but it felt pretty quick and surreal. I was driving on a short stretch of elevated highway, where's Bach mm-hmm. Parkway if you know the city, uh, traveling northbound between 281 cutting over, 35, uh, over to 35. I was passing the airport just past Thousand Oaks where the highway straightens out for a few miles until it slopes to ground level. Uh, It was raining, and there are not many streetlights on this part of the highway. I was traveling Mm -hmm. 60 to 65 miles per hour. My car is a little sedan, so I had a low view of the road. It was the only one on the highway in either direction, aside from a pair of headlights several miles behind me. Hmm. In the distance ahead, maybe a half mile or so, I saw what looked like a man, human outline, running or jogging on the right-hand shoulder of the road. Aside from it being nearly 1 a.m. and on an elevated stretch of road, I didn't think it too odd. There's a lot of drunks in my city, and stranger things have happened. Nonetheless, I moved from the right lane to the left just in case. As I approached, I became aware that the silhouette was not getting taller as you would expect as your perception shifts. Hmm. Instead, it stayed the same height. I estimated maybe three to or four feet tall based on the fact its head came to about the same height as the hood of my car. Ooh. I slowed down to about 50 to 55 miles per hour and stared at the back of this thing, trying to make out details through my rain-soaked windshield. As soon as I got close enough for this thing to be fully in my headlights... It dropped down to all fours as if it were, was trying to mimic an animal. Hmm. I know this was not a, any animal I've seen. Its size was that of a medium-sized coyote, but it was running distinctly like a person attempting to run like an animal. Its hindquarters were raised up in the air, and I could uh, clearly make out buttocks. 
and its legs kicked out sideways. Uh, easy, if, easy. If you've ever seen documentaries about feral children, it'll give you an idea of the gait that I'm attempting to describe. Mm, gross. The Sounds only, like that freaky thing that we saw on the... The turnpike thing. In close the, caption the, footage. Yeah, close caption, that's right. Um, <laughs> back in episode, I want to say 11 or 10, um, A List of Pine Trees is the name of the episode. Yes, episode that's 10. right. The closed circuit TV closed circuit footage TV. of uh, that thing running across the highway in England, or the UK somewhere anyway. Right. But yeah, it seems like that kind of a gate that he's describing. Um, Ugh. The only thing is that no human I've seen could run on all fours at the speed this thing was going. Mm. The creature was entirely naked and oily black and smooth. The rain glistened off its skin with a shine like wet black marble or obsidian. I could make out muscle tone and everything as this thing clipped along. As it dropped to two legs, it lost some speed, either intentionally or just from the change in gait. It was running about the same pace as a person could sprint. Mm. Uh, I passed this thing and it looks over its left shoulder towards me. Its face was flat, with a flat, wide nose. It had big eyes. I could see the whites and dilated dark pupils. There was no eye shine, which I think is unusual, just those eyes against the black of its skin. Though it never looked mm. directly at my headlight beam, so maybe that, was in, maybe that is inconsequential. It opened its mouth at one point, and it was, uh, as it was looking at me as it passed. Its teeth were flat and white like a human's, but with large and prominent canines. It had hands and feet like a person. I couldn't make out any genitalia. Very important ah, to look for people. Very good. <laughs> but it was distinctly male in its general appearance. It had what could best be described as... <laughs> and a, did have a dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it had what could best be described as a swimmer's build. Its body was proportionate mm. to that of any other human, just scaled down. No crazy long limbs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I did fumble with my phone with the intent to try and take a photo, but to be honest, I was so enamored and excited <laughs> trying to take in as much detail as possible while driving on a dark, rainy road. I also, they really wrote that? Yes. Okay. Uh, I also didn't think a photo would show much because dark rain and the gla- um, because dark rain and the glass of my car windows. But now I'm seriously thinking of getting a dash cam. I hope that the car a ways behind me saw this thing. It was pretty obvious. Uh, I hope I've provided enough detail for an accurate report. I have no idea what I just saw. But I'm glad I saw it. It didn't seem malicious. It looked scared, like it was not happy to be up there and just wanted to get down off the highway. I got mm. the very distinct impression that the only reason it dropped to all fours was an attempt to mimic an animal and draw less attention to itself. I didn't have far to go till the next exit, but there's a well-lit gas station and intersection there. Aside from a few apartment buildings and scattered industrial areas, the only other stuff along this stretch is a small amusement park and the airport. There is an old abandoned concrete plant in the area next to the highway. Again, if you're local to the area, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, That was my first thought as to where it could have come from. It was heading away from this, though, and towards a populated area, so it doesn't make make much sense. Hmm. I'm still just floored that I saw this thing. I'm totally open to um, providing more details, but I believe this this to be pretty concise. That was the uh, general story from this person seeing a weird thing on the side of the road. That's a... I mean... You know, that's a pretty good one, actually. The language of it is more convincing than many. I mean, I'm not it's, sold that they necessarily saw some kind of monster, but I just, in as far as how they're describing... See, uh, describing what they saw, like, this is what right. it looked like to me, and not right. sensationalizing it too much. Like, right, I don't exactly. really understand this. This is what it was. Exactly. And so the details of it make it pretty interesting as far as, like, well, it seemed like its hind end was up really high, like a person trying to right. run on all fours, but it was running way too fast, and it was really weird, so... Interesting. And it didn't have the eye shine that you might expect of a nocturnal creature. But they even admitted, like you know, it didn't. It didn't look straight into my headlights, so maybe that's, that's why it didn't shine. So like they're true, true, true. They're covering bases here, which I appreciate. Yeah, 
due diligence. Check for penis. <laughs> the most due of diligence. Yes. Um. Um. That's cool. Yeah. Spooky. So I do have one last one. Um, Alrighty. And it was inevitable that one of these would be a story submitted directly to Lon Strickler of Phantoms and Monsters. Ah, uh, the lawnmower man himself. Yes. This is the person's um, submission. Said, I remember listening to you on Coast to Coast, so I re-listened to a 2017 <laughs> show. You the, did. the excuse me, the quote-unquote person's quote-unquote submission. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um... They said they listened to him on Coast to Coast, so I re-listened right. to a 2017 show you did this weekend. <laughs> you sound so hot and strong and cool. <laughs> <laughs> this past weekend, September 1st, this is from this this year, so tw- September 1st, 2019 is when th- what they're talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, around 3.30 p.m., I was on the road from Bellwood, Pennsylvania into Antis Township, Blair County. that goes up Skellop Mountain to Sinking Valley. It's right off exit, eight, uh, exit 41 on Interstate 99. The road goes parallel to I-99 for a short piece. So, for our Pennsylvania listeners, here's some very specific geography for you to find the spot this I also have somewhat very hyper-localized Pennsylvania stuff coming up. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) This is a good Pennsylvania episode, then. Yeah, Pennsylvania listeners, hold on to your butts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On the left, there is a a pen dot location, so Pennsylvania DOT. Department uh-huh. of Transportation for our non-American listeners. Mm-hmm. Lit a location for winter supplies, then a park and ride. Just past that, I was pulling off the road to pick some weeds from uh, for drying for my wife. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as I was pulling off up ahead of me, about 50 yards or so, something walked across the road coming from a patch of woods that is between this road and I-99 northbound lane and crossed uh, heading up into the woods to the mountain. I do not know what it was, but I know it was not a deer, it was not a bear, was not a dog. All capitals on the knots. Uh, it was mm. on all fours, dark colored, and between brown and black. It was over an overcast Sunday afternoon. It was on all fours, close to the height of a horse. Not a, not a huge horse. Like the horse the size of a small dog. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> not a huge horse, but I was in a Toyota Tundra, and the um, back was as high as my hood, for sure. Mm. It was very lanky built, thinner and muscular. Long legs um, with a snout head of like a dog or uh, snout head of like a dog or wolf it had very long back legs and i'd say a good three feet under the belly to the road as it walked on all fours Hmm. i only saw it for a five second time frame or so um as it went across the road and up the bank into the thick woods i drove up fast and jumped out but it was too dark in the woods at that time to see anything it was gone i am 58 and have hunted and fished in pennsylvania all my life or most of it i spent quite a time um quite a time of my life around these woods and streams and i know i never saw anything like this before i did not look um, it did not look my way just crossed and was gone i know it was not a deer or horse so or bear for sure yeah. mm-hmm. uh, i have no way of knowing what it was or is but it fits some of the descriptions you have discussed just wanted to report it to you thanks jb mm. now we'll get into some discussion on this and the other stories in just a second but first mm-hmm. i want to complain Go on. I've I had found another cooler story in one of Lon's daily email roundups of stuff from around the internet, mm-hmm. and as always, he did not cite the source. So, mm-hmm. uh, but just said that it had been forwarded to him, or he recently come across it, or something like that. Um, and as always, I searched around the internet until I found the original, um, and not for the first time or even the second time, it turned out to be from the No Sleep subreddit. Uh huh. So I very nearly read one such story on a previous episode a few months back that was a really cool, like exciting, scary sounding story. And I uh, hadn't been able to find the original source, so I just assumed it was an account um, someone had sent him. 
but then right. I did one final search just before like the day of like oh I want to put this one here just to make sure that I have um yeah triple check yeah see if I can if I can cite the right thing I want to cite it and right. when I did that I found that it was in fact from No Sleep which is oy a subreddit of creepy pastas yeah so. What this means is that this man is credulous to a degree I did not think was possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he just takes for granted that everything he ever reads just simply is true, mm-hmm. no matter where it's from, and then doesn't say where it's from. So, yeah, yes. I, I almost read one of those today that was a pretty cool-sounding story, and it wasn't, like, super dramatic. It, just, it sounded like it could have been a real thing. It but was then, just convincingly written. Yeah, I but, like, but I wanted to check, and it was from No Sleep. That is super disappointing. Yeah. Um, so this one was not. This was not one of those. This was supposed to be something, actually someone submitting something directly to him and um, having listened to him on a radio show and wanting to, to follow up on something they'd seen. But in this case and several of the others, it just it, people are insisting, oh, it wasn't X, Y, or Z animal I've seen before. It was something else. And I don't know what. Right. I feel like we in the previous dog shit episode, we we're trying to discuss what could these upright humanoid canine creature things be right it's hard to imagine what the upright situation could be like what could look that way and have like a dog's head and stuff i just think people aren't seeing that but with no. these a lot of it's on all fours for at least part of the sighting and it's hard not to just think okay it's got to be some known animal that people are just seeing in a weird context or it's appearing in a weird way that's making it not look like your typical whatever that thing was it makes me often think of like um gazelles antelope other things like this which will run but sometimes sort of kick up on their hind legs for a brief moment of time or even deer i imagine will do this too but you know those things i think too uh given just enough lighting pretty unmistakably a cloven hooved creature an ungulate even toed exactly um rather than some sort of bipedal canid and dogs are not designed to walk on their hind legs yeah um at all i mean in fact they're so not designed to do this that with puppies you are to prevent them kicking up on their hind legs because they can get hip dysplasia really quickly i've learned oh geez the bones that brace the hip ball um, sort of the socket, I guess one would call that, mm-hmm. um, can wear away very rapidly, um, Jesus. especially in larger dogs. So a large, a very, very large bodied canine running on its hind legs, uh, is just biologically unsound. Not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I guess these stories, uh, they always hit similar marks for me of what we have seen in horror movies. Yes. When a werewolf appears, which is, oh, it's a wolf, and then it stands up. Oh, no, it's a werewolf. Like, that is the reveal, right? Mm-hmm. Every yeah. time. Or in and some so, cases, yeah, or in some of these, it's like you see something upright, and then something's on all fours and moving in a way that's unexpected, too. Unexpected, but exactly. Like you said, that usually, kind of transition. Usually it is the other way around for the reveal. Like, I saw some kind of big thing, and then suddenly it stood up and walked away on two feet. So, I don't know. I It, it is as ever one of those kind of situations where if these people really did see something and they're desperately trying to reach out to a community to get some sort of validation or check their you know does anyone else have this experience i guess um how tough how tough to be in those shoes because (laughs) (laughs) even if they're doing the most sincere job they can it's so hard to take it seriously yeah you know it ultimately sounds like uh some pulp horror 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, because biologically speaking, I can't think of a single example of even you know even bears, which are better designed for that sort of bipedal locomotion. They yeah. don't run around that way. Yeah, they can walk for and even for a little while, but they cannot actually run that way. Right. And so one thing I thought was interesting was um, on the I think it was the humanoid encounter subreddit. There was a post looking at ordinary animals seen in um, not so ordinary context unexpected spots yeah that's yeah fair. how do they put it um imagine how many stories can be explained by common animal sightings in which the animals are seen in an uncommon way they're mm-hmm. saying things like you know a fox with mange and how specifically strange that looks or a bald bear just like different weird things that look just yeah true not something you're going to see very often it's a very rare sighting and if you were to see it, it would seem so unnatural and so very otherworldly. Before, yeah, it's so true. I uh, fall victim, as I'm sure we all do in our own ways. Um, assuming most people have a similar kind of gestalt familiarity with animals, nature, things like this in general. Insofar as they would be able to go, oh look, that large creature is a deer, obviously, or like this is a telltale sign that it's not this or that, or is this or the other. When in fact, a lot of people don't. And to see a large animal of any kind is already kind of like a, whoa, what am I looking at here experience. Yeah. And then if that also were to have some kind of characteristic about it that was off from what the expectation would be, that's going to further remove you from what what the experience is, quote unquote, supposed to be like if you were to see it. And it becomes that much more unnatural. Right. And then there's the imagination aspect. You see all these specific horror movie tropes for what... You know, a werewolf type thing looks like or whatever it totally. is. Totally. And that is an image you may have in your brain as far as a thing that can exist because you've seen it before somewhere. And if you've seen something you couldn't explain it that really confused you or you just saw it in, in passing, your brain will try and supply an answer to you in any form it can. Exactly. Like, oh, here's the thing you've seen before. Okay, try this, see if it fits. And right. that can be a way that will fill in the gaps and make you think you saw something you didn't. And upon recalling that experience over and over again, you're you're adding. Generally, we only add and embellish our mem- add to and embellish our memories as we recall them. Yes, and it is easy to forget. I think in a lot of these posts, the vast majority, if I'm not mistaken, are drive-by sightings at night. Mm-hmm. A moment that lasted maybe five seconds get blown out into like a you know five minute description exactly (laughs) and so by the time they're done describing what they think they saw you're like wow you got a shitload of details off of that second of (laughs) you know (laughs) headlights flashing off the back of that thing i think i may have talked about this before the closest thing i've ever had to that did occur at night was dog related and was not limited to myself in fact i was in the backseat of a car did i tell you the story jake I don't remember. The weirdly extended legged dog thing we thought we saw on the road. Maybe. Um, Myself and some uh, family friends. We were just driving from point A to point B. It wasn't even like we're out in the wilderness or anything, but we were driving through a road with trees on both sides, a forest, if you will. And there was up ahead, just at the bend of the road, what looked to be an extremely lanky, weirdly like stretched out dog thing that the headlights caught and it like skittered off into the bushes and we all were like what the fuck did we just see like we mm-hmm. none of us could figure it out and we were all creeped out by it wow so i submitted that story to lon strickler <laughs> <laughs> 
but you know it was probably a deer or something yeah uh, but it weird. was uh, very weird. It could happen to anyone, even to you, Wyatt. Exactly. <laughs> the least likely person to mistake. No, I'm a... the most rational person <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, my take on a lot of this stuff is just it has to be people misidentifying things they're only seeing briefly and um, just filling in the blanks with some uh, kookiness. Yes, indeed. Um so before before we move on to your story, though, should we yes. um, finally re-fire up the very warm machine that has been collecting dust and yet seemingly self-cleaning at the end of every week? <laughs> I don't know how it hasn't gotten dirtier. Uh, but yes, I believe it is time to fire up the pander device. All right, let's switch it on here. Ooh. Now, disturbingly, I can see and hear and feel it from here. Yes, and in fact, I don't know how this is possible. I think it built a second of itself oh God. in preparation for us living so far away from each other now. So this is the NCAA device first used for <laughs> our you. March, um, our uh, At the Mountains of March Madness episode, which we have programmed a new function into the pander function, the um, Patreon Appreciation Neural Dive for Evaluation of Risk, where we look at some of our Patreon patrons and uh, calculate exactly which cryptid in the world each of them individually should be most worried about, concerned, should they yeah, encounter. sort of defend themselves from if need be. So we will uh, plug this device pretty much directly into our brains and allow it to pick a patron, pick their cryptid, and we will uh, read them off. All right, let's plug on in. Sounds good. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Getting easier every time. Easier every time. Uh, Would you like to go I first? go first? Sure. Okay, let me initiate. Okay, uh, Daniel from Eastport, New York. Daniel? Friend, I dare say we... Yes. I keep talking over you. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> say your thing. I, say, I dare say we know who that is. That's all I was going to say. nothing useful at all. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I was going to say friend and future stepbrother of the show. Yes. Which is um, to say your future brother-in-law. Indeed. And uh, let's see... Oh, weird. Uh, let me give the device a second here. Okay. Uh, I gotta see if it's working correctly. Huh. Uh, Daniel, it seems you have nothing to fear? <laughs> the device is just repeatedly feeding out an error code 631 that reads <laughs> Muscles, Tough Pizza, Cool Tank Bro. Over and over again. <laughs> um, so I guess you're in the clear? <laughs> oh, it has... Okay, it's giving me some kind of override output that suggests something called a WAMP would want to be your friend, I guess. <laughs> uh, the WAMP is a fearsome critter said to be around the size of a raccoon with a gray body shaped like a burlap sack full of salt. <laughs> Specifically salt. Featuring a hollow tail with a salt shaker on the end. Apparently the WAMP spends its time roaming and shaking salt at the roots of trees every few miles so that deer can come and lick it up and run to tell their friends about it. That's very so, nice So, yeah. There helpful you go. little guy. <laughs> helpful little guy for someone who's been helpful 
little big guy. strong guy for the show. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Daniel. Thank and, you very uh, much. Yeah, keep your eyes out for that. All right, let me focus in here, and I will be calculating the cryptid of Colin Buck. Bucko oh, himself. That's uh, Instagram.com slash designs by Bucko. We'll link to that in the description. When last we talked about Bucko on the show, he did not have an Instagram yet, but now he does. Ooh. And check it out. Getting on it. Colin, watch the fuck out for types of yetis. <laughs> Three main types of yeti are identified by Himalayan people and by cryptozoologists. That there is more than one type of yeti is not a fact widely known outside of cryptozoology, however. Wow. As Lauren Don't Mix Em Up Coleman observes, uh, this both explains and makes problematic the wide range of theories regarding the yeti's identity, as, quote, different theories may be valid with different yetis, whatever the hell that means. Wow. The three main types are the Mete, or uh, Schwaren Classic Yeti, so the true Yeti, the class, uh, the creature with a conical head said to be responsible for leaving footprints in the snow is the Mete, or, hmm? Jake. Huh? Aren't you doing exactly the thing he is supposed to be avoiding? The types of Yetis? I'm trying to inform him about what they are. So he could be but he needs to avoid the types. Oh. <laughs> see, I was thinking he had to worry about the encountering each type. Oh, okay. I see. I see. All right. You. I mean, it's the device is reading into your brain, so I don't really know. <laughs> no, I appreciate your concern. Go on. Um, <laughs> uh, there's the Te'ima, or the Little Yeti, which is presumably just mainland orangutans. And then finally, there's the Zute, or Nyalmo Yeti, or the Big Yeti, it's called, which are giant quadrupedal, but can walk bipedally. They're known to be absolutely gigantic, and it has a uh, number wow. attacking yaks, killing them by grabbing their horns and twisting their heads. And screaming, don't talk back. <laughs> exactly. It's often considered some type of large bear by cryptozoologists, and many other researchers see it as an ape. They failed to include on that list the yeti within the spaghetti. <laughs> yes. So those are the three types of yetis to watch out for. Colin, thanks for being a, a pal. And thank you for supporting us on Patreon. And watch thank out for much. either these specific yetis should you encounter them, or maybe just the concept of different types of yetis. I'm not clear on which. Yeah. Which, if it was that, uh, sorry, you may be dead already. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, goodbye. Goodbye. So, so yeah, we'll be uh, <laughs> unplugging these. Yep. And Put it right, right now. And uh, oh yeah. If you support us on Patreon at any level, you can have your own cryptid calculated by us on the show. Not a matter of if, but when. Exactly. And so, uh, thank you to those of you who have already done so, and uh, consider checking us out if you haven't yet done so. It we helps love us the out support in a very big much. Way. Yeah, it is uh, very much through Patreon support that we are still able to even do the show now that we live many hundreds of miles apart um, yeah we so, used money from patreon to get equipment to be able to both record in different places at the quality you so enjoy mm -hmm. and uh yeah so if you are loving the show and have not considered joining please do mm -hmm. we will love you forever you'll get some perks and uh yeah back to the show yeah so should we jump now into your story mr shell uh, yes please i have basically two stories today and then a fun bit of audio so All right. i'd like to thank fan of the show amanda from lancaster pennsylvania who admitted to busting out into a spooky wacky waving arm inflatable tube man dance anytime she hears our theme music even on the road 
dangerous. Yes, exactly. Good job with the theme music there, Wyatt. Oh, thank you so much. Just one of many songs that I could finish, <laughs> but am too in grad school to do anything with. Amanda, just focus on dancing and the driving will take care of itself. Also, mm-hmm. shout out, I was born just about two spooky-ass hours away in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. What? Uh, those are spooky because one must drive through the coal mine ridgelands that include a shot through, straight through the center of, can you guess the town? I forgot what Centralia. it's called. Centralia. It it's very spooky. But of course, I'm not here to talk about how spooky mining is. I'm here to talk about what Amanda turned our attention to. Did you fucking say spooky? Which listeners may have guessed already, ghost dogs, which are said to haunt Lebanon, Pennsylvania. More specifically, I'm going to read an abridged version of the legend of the Hounds of Colebrook Furnace. This tale takes place way back in the late 18th and early 19th century of uh, Pennsylvania and was popularized by a poem written by George H. Boker later say. on in the 19th century. Oh, I do. Oh, jeez. Um, I will not be reading it in the poem form because it's weirdly graphic. <laughs> and it's a poem. And we hate poetry here. It's we hate poetry here. <laughs> um, so, right. The Hounds of Colebrook. Again, this is the backstory to Ghost Dogs Said to Rome, Lebanon, PA. Mm-hmm. So stay away from there. And if you live there, hold on to your butts if you don't already know about this. Right. So nothing was a greater source of pride and satisfaction to a man of means in the early days of our nation than his hunting dogs. There was no greater thrill than following these baying hounds astride his favorite stallion as they rambled across hill and dale in pursuit of the furry quarry of the hunt. But sometimes the hunt doesn't go so well. Uh-oh. A major... Is it helpful? It is. It's actually written (laughs) in the story. A major early industry in colonial America was the production of iron, much needed for the tools, implements, and weapons essential for survival both in the cities and on the frontier. Pennsylvania became a leader in the industry because of the relative abundance of the three necessary ingredients, iron ore, timber, from which to make charcoal, and limestone. Mm. It took hard work by many hands to make iron. It was a risky business that often failed, but with luck, the owner and investors could become rich men, so there were always entrepreneurs willing to take on the risks. Such a man was Robert Coleman, who owned interests in many iron furnaces and forges in Lancaster and Lebanon counties. He built the fur- uh, sorry, he built the Colebrook Furnace on Conewago Creek, about six miles southwest of Cornwall in 1791. It was common practice for the owners and speculators of a furnace to hire a man of more technical skills to oversee the actual production of cast iron. Robert Coleman thus hired a man by the name of Samuel Jacobs to be the first iron master of Colebrook. This story is about Squire Jacobs and his hunting hounds. Samuel Jacobs may have been a good maker of iron, but he was a cruel and vicious man, a drunkard and a lecher. Basically, he could have been president. Uh, the master of an ironworks was akin to a king in his kingdom. His word was law. Jacob's workers feared him as he flogged or fired them for any transgression, real or imagined. Mm-hmm. His servant girls were subjected to unwanted advances. The only living beings he showed rare kindness to were his hunting hounds. 
especially the dog named Flora, the white leader of the pack. She was the best of the dogs and loyal to him in spite of his ways. He delighted in bragging about his hunting dogs and horses, and in taking nimrods, which apparently means skillful hunters, huh, I did as well as that. inept inept persons. Um, taking nimrods and other city folk along on the hunting rides to hear the hounds bay and see them flush quarry from the bu- uh, brush. He most likely made heavy bets on how well his hunters would perform. It was on such a hunt that this story takes place. Jacob set off in perfect weather, boasting to his city friends about how amazing were his horses and dogs and general hunting prowess. But the day was not to be favored. The squire's fine pack of dogs, and they describe it as him having something like 40 dogs, Jesus, <laughs> seemed to sulk from the beginning. They mm. seemed to hold back on the chase, as if they were simply not in the mood to hunt that day. Well, I know. Makes you angry enough to want to just kill all those dogs, doesn't it? <laughs> the squire and his huntsmen didn't spare the whip or the curses as they drove the dogs along. Even Flora, the usual lead, seemed to have no heart for the chase. Jacobs and his huntsmen soon decided that one of his visiting city men must have somehow poisoned his hounds, at least enough to make them act as they did, and thus bring embarrassment to their always overly prideful and boastful host. You gave them bummer poison, didn't you? (laughs) Uh, Suffice it to say, the legend goes, Jacobs took this in about the worst way possible. Rather than turning back to try again another day, he drives his dogs on, beating them viciously and generally being the kind of guy... Who votes for the GOP? He mm. in a surprise to no one, Jacob's rage only amplified itself under the pressure of his imagined humiliation. He ordered his huntsmen to drive the dogs on. If my dogs cannot hunt so well on earth, another hunt in hell. Jesus. He screamed with a crazy laugh. Jake? Do you want me to surprise the crazy laugh? The quiet one was enough. To cut to the quick, he eventually <laughs> drives all of his dogs, even his cherished flora, into the Colbrook furnace. The original version goes into greater dramatic detail to really ramp up the spiritual criminality on this end. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you get it. I'm not going to sit here talk about dog get killed. It's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. So after this abominable act, his health quickly spirals downward. He would sit for hours despondently speaking only to something invisible in the eyes of others that seemed to lie by his feet. I wonder what it could be. His hand from time to time <laughs> stroking the unseen creature. It was about that time that folks began to report mysterious howlings in the night. Some people refer to masturbating and stroking the unseen creature. <laughs> and if there are people like us, that shit is definitely down by your feet, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Born deformed. Um, <laughs> although others said that uh, these mysterious howlings were the anguished groanings of the squire himself. Soon, he took to his bed, and one day he asked that the bed be moved so that he could once more look upon the fiery blast from the Colebrook stack. In a while, he spoke the name of Flora, and then screamed aloud that the hounds were coming for him. The servants ran to the window, but of course could see nothing but the belching of the furnace. When they looked back, the squire was alive. No, he was dead. (laughs) Uh, now, hold on to your socks, listeners in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. <laughs> As they say to this day, the phantom baying of the hounds of Colebrook can be heard from time to time on stormy winter nights. Because they are real and not wind. <laughs> so that's the fanciful tale of the mm-hmm. hounds of Colebrook Furnace. I now have 
an encounter um, oh. that was logged from upstate New York in Broome County, New York, on the dogmanencounters.com page. Oh, boy. And it is a site. If you're interested in more dogman-type encounters, check them out. Although, honestly, the site looks like... Bah! Pretty much looks like that. The site looks like it was either killed and its body only partially eaten, or as though it were the storefront of a money laundering operation that just gives no fucks at all. <laughs> the thing is pretty much duct taped together. Um, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. You, actually, why don't you look it up first? To okay. Add, to pad out a little, give us a little respite between dog stories here. Oh, you are oh, not look at kidding. That. Go that to is. Encounters. Dogman Encounters, broken JPEG. Uh, yep, is... lots of broken JPEGs, and half the stories are often in those JPEGs for some reason. That's really interesting. <laughs> yep, took a while to find a good one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that um, is some very good HTML coding. Mm-hmm. Copyright 2017. You know, back when we didn't know how to make web pages at all. <laughs> Practically. The beginning of the, the internet. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Um, right. So, anyhow, without further ado, I had just arrived home a few minutes after dusk after visiting my parents. Our location is rural, but we do have a few neighbors within shouting distance of us. We have 33 acres of mixed, uh, of mixed forests and fields, with lots of thick brush consisting mostly of briars. I had my two young children with me in the Jeep, ages two years and the other uh, 11 months, when I pulled in, into the driveway that night. My husband was working late with an emergency case. It was near fully dark when I arrived home. As soon as I stepped from my vehicle, I felt creeped out. It felt different outside. We have lots of peepers and crickets that would normally be making lots of noise. Even the birds are usually chirping until an hour or more past dark. This time, there was not a sound. It was very warm that evening, so the peepers should have been in full chorus. Because of my uneasy feeling, I was rushing to get the kids in the house at the same time and did not want to leave RJ in the car alone. I don't know who these people are, but it was never introduced <laughs> pre previous unless it was in a broken JPEG that contained the first half of the story. <laughs> she did not want to leave RJ in the car alone, whoever that is, for a minute, as I routinely do. Probably the baby, yes. He and our older daughter, who was asleep, are normally too heavy for me to carry together at the same time. That night, though, I grabbed them both, one in each arm, after finding my keys to the front door and carried them both. Usually, I would use the auto garage door. However, the opener did not work. Mm. When I reached the front door at the top of the stairs and got situated on the front porch, I put down Angelina in order to open the front door. Okay, thank you. Uh, she uses a lot of commas. I should have triple-checked this. There's a shitload of commas in each sentence that are, do not need to be there. If Allow me to reread that sentence with commas articulated. Okay. When I reached the front door at the top of the stairs and got situated on the front porch, I put down Angelina in order to open the front door. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yes, there's a little auto-editing going on. Allow me to continue. She's on the front door. Uh, on the porch. At the front door. She's <laughs> porch for is exactly i couldn't have said it better myself as soon as i turned my attention back to the front door it happened somewhere to my left came a sound that will uh, be forever seared into my memory it started low and slowly increased into a moderately loud growl it was deep toned and very guttural and was mm -hmm. angry and hateful in character 
It was nothing like anything I had ever heard before, but it did sound canine in origin, especially after spending an hour listening to various animal sounds, presumably after the fact and not during it. <laughs> the growl continued for approximately 10 she seconds. She just listened to a podcast. Yeah, she quickly hour busts it of... open. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. No, it doesn't On quite the sound car like ride, that. I was listening just to animal sounds, and now that I'm hearing <laughs> animal sounds, it kind of reminds me of one of the ones I've heard. <laughs> now, that's what I call canine growls. <laughs> Um, right. Growl continued for approximately 10 seconds. I was so terrified I was fumbling with the keys. It really felt like I was dropped into an 80s horror film. I really did think I was going to die. I was sure any second the thing making the sound was going to pounce upon me and the kids and eat us right on the spot. The growl sounded as though the creature was standing just off to my left. I refused to look out of fear of what I would see. It sounded so close and at, at or even above eye level with me. My porch extends another five feet to the left, and then off the porch is the front of the house. There's 35 yards of grass to the edge of the tree line, and there's a field with two-foot-tall grass opposite that. I don't know where in the hell we are, but so what? <laughs> there's also a small uh, shed between our porch and the tree line. Standing on the front porch, from my head to the ground, is approximately nine feet. So I assume it was standing near the corner of the house. I had never been so afraid until a few moments later when it actually spoke to me. What? As the growl continued, it seemed to melt into an audible into audible words spoken in a very deep and gruff tone that seemed to have a rough sort of reverberation quality to them. What I heard as clear as day was you can't get in. The only word that I'm unsure of is the first, you, as the sound of growl transitioned to English words and it sounded more like, <laughs> now, I was now I was hysterical and dropping the keys. Finally, I got the right one in and got the door open and got in. <laughs> I had to kick my daughter through the door, regretfully. <laughs> Punted the baby in. <laughs> yeah. Strangely, she seemed oblivious to what I had, to what had just transpired, as if she didn't hear it. I slammed the door shut and never Babies looked. are dumb. <laughs> exactly. I didn't hear anything else that night. I called my husband and his friend to let them know what happened. So I never did actually see what terrorized me because I couldn't look. I've had two days to think about this encounter and talk with my husband, who has listened to every episode of Dogman Encounters Radio. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that this was what was growling at me. The sound was not human and seemed like it was amped or mic'd up. Because it seemed so powerful. Not that it was a loud growl, but it seemed unnatural. Also, mm -hmm. the height it seemed to emanate from, and the silence that preceded it, led me to that conclusion. <laughs> so it's a weird PA system just set up in just <laughs> yeah. the side of the house. <laughs> My husband agrees, because the entire week, he too has been on edge. Oh. We have lived here for a year, and all seemed normal until this week. Our cat, which is an indoor cat got out accidentally and has vanished without a trace. She has gotten out before and just stood around until we got her back inside the house. Also, my husband said Tuesday night he experienced the silence outside, and it really unnerved him too. He says he never experienced anything so eerie. On Wednesday, he took our dog up into the woods to look for our cat and felt very uneasy. <laughs> he said that the dog kept tucking its tail and turning around, wanting to go home. It's not like our dog or my husband to feel uneasy in the woods because both of so them... So my husband beat the dog until he drove it into a furnace. 
And then the dog came back and said, you can't get in the house. <laughs> um, both of them love the outdoors and are very comfortable in nature. On Thursday at dusk, he took the dog around to the back lot and says something took off from the thickets at a sprint and came crashing through the woods down the hill towards him. Wow. He always carries a sidearm when he is out and is normally not afraid of anything, but he actually turned and ran back up towards the house. Whatever was charging stopped seconds after he stopped to listen and did not make another sound. He was very concerned when he came in, stating that he knows what big game sounds like and that this was, quote, just not right. Hmm. He even was surprised, even, oh, sorry, even he was surprised that he ran from the sound. The following day was when my encounter happened. The main reason I, why I wanted to submit this was because it seems very unique and that it spoke to me. It wasn't the <laughs> words, but the feeling it gave me that disturbed me most. It was as if it was I trying think to give me... the words are fairly disturbing, too. <laughs> yeah, those aren't that scary. Come on. <laughs> uh, it was as if it was trying to give me the impression that I was nothing and that I was weak and just food. I got the impression that it was saying, can't get in, like, ha ha, you're mine. It's hard to explain. Well, that's dipshit. Like you would... can't get into your own house. Yeah, exactly. You idiot. <laughs> so open the door on the porch with your kids that you carried. <laughs> It's hard to explain because it seemed like it was conveying its frame of mind and that and that it was, for lack of a better description, making fun of me in a very cruel way. I really want to know if you have ever heard of one of these monsters actually speaking. My husband and I really want to believe that our conclusions are wrong, but Instinct and your show have us highly convinced that it is it that it in fact was a dogman. Anonymous, posted at 8 p.m. Uh, April 22nd, 2016 mere weeks before uh, april, april what sorry april 22nd yes i think i had actually already defended my thesis by then ha ha uh, how nice <laughs> how nice i wish i could travel to being done <laughs> all um, in good time mr shell indeed soon but, to be yeah, dr kinda, shell oh can you believe it nope me either <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, talking um, giant dog man. That's very uh, a scary fun. image. Interesting idea and unique among the stories we've heard. So kind of yeah, like you said, kind of fun. But, yeah, uh, I mean, pretty goofy. <laughs> well, you know, I know our dog Kuma. She sometimes says stuff like "no." <laughs> if we're like, it's time to go to bed, she's like, "No, I don't want to." <laughs> that's a good Kuma impression. Thanks. <laughs> she has her own podcast. <laughs> And then finally, I have um, the Hound of Cold Hollow. Mm. It's basically contemporary Loop Guru stuff, ah. um, and it is a short documentary. I'm obviously not going to play it here in its entirety because it's about 25 minutes long. But if you're looking to kill 25 minutes, it's it's, it's goofy fun. Cool. But I do have a fun, quick clip if you're interested. That goes I am. Along with um, people listening to spooky things in the night. Cool. So this is a woman who lives up in the Vermont, northern Vermont area. Hmm. Um, that is the Cold Hollow Mountain Range. And essentially this region, much like southern eastern Canada, um, has stories of dogmen that go back many, many years and um, that's ostensibly what this documentary is about. Um, but she is describing uh, some spooky stuff she heard one night. Cool. We actually have a little 
recording of it around midnight and it was a full moon. I was in bed and I always have the window cracked open so that the cats can go through the screen and come in and out as they wish. And the cats stood up on my lap and I felt strange because it's midnight, you're in bed, you're sleeping or almost sleeping. And um, I, I heard a strange noise, like like a howling or some kind of a, a chirping or something like that. And it was constant. It was consistent. Howling or chirping, huh? It's so weird. Uh, can't really fuck that up, you know. But here you go. Whoa. So I get up and I go check near the window to see if I could hear it. Was it a sound from the house? Was it something the kids on YouTube playing a video or something? God knows. And so I go out and I could see the full moon and I have my phone set up so that I could listen. And I listen and I'm like, what the heck is this? (laughs) Something's freaking out, but it's full moon. What the fuck is that? Spooky. Interesting. So that is what they are kind of billing as the Hound of Cold Hollow. What could it be? Right. It's very low. It's very low. It's very close, it sounds like. Yeah. And so what I did was I looked for some audio of a certifiable wolf howling nearby, Mm -hmm. which I now have. (laughs) That was too funny. (laughs) That was pretty good timing. Uh, Perfect timing. (laughs) So I'm going to share the screen again, and now we can see and hear some wolves howling. So that's a wolf that yeah. is literally feet from the camera, right up on there. Yeah, and um, I find it kind of fun that it is quite distinct yeah. in a number of ways. But again, the audio from the documentary could easily distinctly have been lower, distinctly lower, spookier. But no reason it's anything other than a wolf necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are other recordings of actual wolves that could match it. But anyway, I thought it was a fun thing to listen to. Yeah, it is. Now, one thing um, that wasn't fun about it, I'll say, though, is that she said that they leave their window open so their cats can come and go as they please. Guys, don't let your cats outside. For real. They will absolutely fuck up the uh, native bird population, and yes. it's, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> and if you like your cats, they could die yeah. out there. But right, as with all of this stuff, there are some fun, old, and otherwise compelling tales. Mm-hmm. But uh, much like Sasquatch, I regret to say, stories do not a scientific finding make. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but they're very fun um, stories to tell, and we'll, we'll keep telling yes, them as absolutely. long as we keep finding them. I'll try to find more actual accounts if we do this again. And, uh, if you've had an encounter with a weird dog monster or just want to hear us talk about one, let us <laughs> yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, please do reach out at contact at superduperstitious.com. We always love hearing from you. And uh, yeah, we're back at it. We are. We're far away and so sad but we are back 
to you at home, we will hopefully sound as though we're right up against your eardrums as usual. <laughs> as usual. <laughs> Slightly kissing your um yeah. your ear. <laughs> oh god. Uh it's super central, but you're also super uncomfortable. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ooh, oh, oh god. Um but right. Uh goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Second, please. Please, Mr. Kennedy. Uh-oh. I don't wanna go. This is helpful. Oh, I swear.